0: right, uh, I'm going to kick off. Uh, welcome to the Dissecting Your Frog podcast. Uh, thank you. A podcast on writing, performing and producing comedy hosted by me, Luke Morris. This is a special edition live at the Bendigo Comedy Festival. And our guest is a winner of Class Clowns in 2019. Uh, to has toured Victoria with the Women of Wit series of shows. And as a feature at the Benio Comedy Festival with four gigs I think you were a part of. So this one makes five. Yeah. You're at the gala, the best breast of the first, the the s- solo show oh. with Dane and Local lineup and the local lineup show. So, so much that we behind your back started to call it the Paddy Comedy Festival. Yes. Uh, <laughs> welcome Paddy Fawcett.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much, Luke.
0: Have you had fun this festival?
1: Yeah, it's been the best, well, it's been my festival. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's your party?
1: Yeah, um, so thank you all for coming. <laughs> um, what's been the best part so far? Um. Oh, I think the local lineup show last night was the most fun. Oh, Shade on Dane. Shade what, on Dane. What was well, Dane that? was there backstage, so that was what was fun about it. Oh, okay. Because it. it was like, kind of nearly end of festival and there were so many comedians in the room and stuff. Yep. It was like relaxed and fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, once people got off stage, it was relaxed and fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: it was did the tension like decrease as the night went on as more people went from backstage on stage and
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, it was a bit quiet and then when they came back they were like, "Oh, now I'm free." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was nice. Yeah.
0: And and the vibe in the room and the vibe in the um for the audience?
1: For the audience? The audience was fun. Yeah. They were yeah, they were having a good night, I think. It was a Saturday night. What more would you want to do than come watch a bunch of local comedians do five minutes? Like, it's the best. <laughs> I was just
0: thinking about how, it, yeah, it's back to the green room, I was just thinking how it's in d- different in saying that the other shows you did was just like a couple of people in the room, but this is like, what was it, seven acts on that night? Seven. Something
1: like that? I think so. Yeah. I'm trying to do the, I don't remember how many. Eight. Eight in the end. Eight. Okay.
0: And Did Eight. you share much backstage? Um, did you just talk legally, about? I'm not allowed to sh- say. Uh.
1: <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah, it was good chats. Uh. Yeah, which was lovely. <laughs> well,
0: the, uh, that's not really a segue, but I'll start with as, as uh, jump into a question. How did you start in comedy? Because a lot of those people you're gigging with, they're probably doing comedy for about the same amount of time or less, but you would be so. younger than most of them. Yeah. Y- with class clowns, that was... When were you 17 then?
1: 15. 15? Yeah.
0: Struth. Yeah. Was it really 2019 when you were
1: 15? Yeah. I only just turned 20. Oh, Struth. I was turning 16, but I wasn't 16 yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was in year 10, I think. Yes. So,
0: were you interested before that started or did you get invited to be part of it through your school or how did that kick off?
1: Oh, no. I was just like a dickhead at school. (laughs) (laughs) I never handed my homework in and then one of my art teachers was like... If you're gonna like mess around in class, you should do this properly. And then she made me do class clowns when I was 14 in 2018. Yep. And then they got like to states or something. And then I was like, oh, this is sick. This is so much more fun. I'll just go do open mic comedy in Melbourne as a, instead of going to school. So I had, like, 50% attendance, because I spent all my time in, like, year 9 and 10. Like, I'd go stay on, like, the cou- couch in, like, the hotel, like, because my dad used to go there for work. Yep. And just did a bunch of gigs, and then did Class Clowns, and I was like, oh, this is so much better. Wow. Yeah, and then I moved to Melbourne when I was 16 to do it. Wow. Yeah.
0: Cool. So w- what did you... How I was doing those gigs early on, because I would have thought you wouldn't be able to get access to most gigs. Or oh, no, it mind. was... Yeah, it
1: was illegal. Okay. <laughs> but, like... But I, know what I would do is I would just take, like, to school I would take a different school bag, like, not a school bag, and then... You'd take a changed. briefcase
0: to the... S- yeah, a, key, a duffel bag,
1: a, a body bag. <laughs> 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 and then I would just get changed, like, at Southern Cross Toilets. And then my favourite thing to do, like, I'd get into the bar, because I looked quite old and I had a fake ID. <laughs> 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 For comedy that <though. laughs> I um, which was like a 21 year old man's ID I just have looked the same for years And then I would wait till I was on stage And then I would open with a joke About the fact that I was 14 And just watch <laughs> all the bartenders go Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But then they would all be like Nah that's kind of cool And let me come back Yes So eventually they learnt And they just wouldn't tell any of like They wouldn't tell anyone that I was young
0: Is it illegal though? I mean, no. Um, If they that's serve a... food
1: it's not Oh okay if, But if they don't serve food it is Do chips count as food?
0: I no, I that's a technical question that's probably outside of your field of expertise. Yeah. I'm just
1: I don't know. <laughs> I think the wine I was drinking was the illegal part. Ah. <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> <laughs> but it calms the nerves. <laughs> so
0: you enjoyed those gigs and you just kept going at it. What did. Yeah. I'm trying to think of. What can somebody else learn from that? So, <laughs> traveling get, down a to get a <laughs> fake ID, have a parent who's uh, got a hotel room that you can crash on. Yeah. Um, what did you learn from that first year of doing gigs, I guess?
1: Um, I think I learnt, like, it was good because, like, my bar was so low, like, in terms of expectation of what was going to happen. Like, if I got a laugh, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, like, it doesn't matter. And, like... Um, the audience was I think quite forgiving because I was so young. Yep. Which was kinda good. So I like I got to like I got to be really, really crap, I think for like a year or two and kinda get forgiven. So I got to learn to bomb and it not be like the end of the world. That's great. Right, Whereas yeah. I think when people start like people have said when they start when they're like twenty five or thirty or something, people are really harsh. Yeah. Like from the get go. And then I think bombing might feel a lot more scary. I don't know if other people Field. that's just what have the f-
2: their whole
0: life isn't ahead of them, they can't escape yeah. from this because <laughs> they've
2: got
1: it doesn't matter, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: But you've uh, in doing those uh, early shows and practicing, so you had that year of just getting the experience on stage,
2: mm-hmm. R-
0: then going so you had Class Clowns in 2019 and 2000. And, uh, uh, 2018, 2019. Yeah. How do you see the difference between that year of uh, doing class clowns? Was it had you learnt how to write a five minute routine by then, or had you learnt? Had, had, was it just the confidence of it doesn't matter if these don't go well? Was
1: um, I think it was well, like I know from the feedback that the reason I won class clowns was not because of just like. Like, obviously, I did well, but it wasn't because I had the biggest laugh or necessarily wrote, like, wrote the best, like, crafted joke. It was because of stage presence and, like, consistency. Oh, good. So, I think, like, yeah, like, I learnt how to write jokes better and do, like, a five-minute set, but I think the main thing was, like, comfortability on stage and, like, learning how to write, like, a really consistent set as opposed to just having, like, um, what I was doing at the beginning, which was, like, one big funny thing, and then, like, four minutes of random <laughs> <laughs> random thoughts that I'd had that, like, kind of went nowhere, yeah. or just, like, bad stories. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Well, I actually had a question that's probably related to that. Someone asked, um, uh, where was it? Um, oh, the mood, in, in, in maintaining a mood and a rhythm within a performance. How do you uh, go about that?
1: I, um... That's funny because I feel like, especially, maybe not when I do five minutes, but when I do longer sets, I get quite unhinged. Like, I kind of, like, I think I maintain a mood um, of, like, really well curated anxiety, I think. (laughs) Because I speak, like, I know when I perform, I speak in, like, a higher voice and I've always got my hand kind of behind my head for some reason. I'm not sure why. But, yeah, I think maintaining the mood just by, like, if it goes badly, giggling at the fact that it's gone Badly, yeah. So just keeping that like comfortability, but I don't know. I think think the like I try to keep the mood quite like uh, energetic if I'm doing like more than five minutes.
0: So is there any way that you um, mentally kind of think because we saw Dane Simpson last night and occasionally he would do fly kicks, (laughs) as best as he could, yeah, to like. (laughs) He's
2: <laughs> he's got a bit That's of awesome. size about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like Vane's a good guy, he'll accept that. Um so he'd he do a little kick and, and like keep himself buzzing Yeah, a yeah. bit. Is there anything that you, you're conscious of doing?
1: Yeah, I do big. I do a weird. Every. Like, all. If, if you look at photos of me online doing comedy too, I'm always like mid stride. It's because I do like. If I feel like it's going badly or something, I'll do like a kind of like a lunge step or like a big stride to like, yeah. the other side of the stage and like just be like, all right, I'm done with this side. I'll go to the next <laughs> side. <laughs> like, hope that they're going to have more fun or something. So I kind of do that. Or like. Or if I feel like. I'll just put the mic back in the stand because I feel like it draws people's attention back because I think, oh, something's going to happen because she's stopped moving. Yeah. And she's like standing here now.
0: So it's a little mental reset for you or for the, just the scene? For, for,
1: for me and I think for the audience because for me it gives me a second because they're paying attention to the fact that I'm like moving, yep. like putting the mic back and it gives me like five seconds to be like, what am I going to do next? Do I yep. want to change it or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It, that makes me think of your set, which I really enjoyed, by the way. Oh, thank but you. You, um, you went and got a stool and sat on a stool for yeah. story time. For story
1: time, yeah. How I was
0: planned was because sto- you said this wasn't planned, but then I know I, I know that sometimes comedians say that kind yeah. of stuff, and it was totally planned.
1: So it was <laughs> it was semi semi planned. I had been talking like thirty minutes before the gig. I would thought about like I'd been telling someone else a story, and then I was like, oh. I reckon this could be a bit, but I don't know if I want to do it. And so I brought the stool out just in case. And then I was like, fuck it, I'll do the story. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was it Sammy. Was but I didn't really want to just because like, my mum was there and it was a story about dating and I really didn't want her to know. But sometimes you have to make sacrifices.
0: <laughs> well, I, 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 Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Because you have... I want to know how much of the jokes are real. Because there's some bits in there that are really, like, you're honest about. And then some bits are like, they seem like an honest story. But also, how much of that is you writing something and thinking that's a funny way to... Funny
1: way to segue it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Most of it is true. There's only, I think, one joke. There's only actually one joke in the set that didn't fully happen, which was the... I have a joke about necrophilia, about... Explaining that badly to a child that I used to teach drama to. And that did happen, I just didn't get fired afterwards. I, at the end of the joke, I say that I got fired. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, yeah, but the. So, it, like, I did explain it badly, but I just never, like, had any repercussions from it. I actually I kept teaching for the next couple of months.
0: And then they fired you. Not no, that you do it, that, was <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just mates. That's <laughs> <laughs> sick. <laughs> She actually helps me with my comedy now. That lady like, sometimes, though.
0: So that's, that's a lot of that material is true?
1: All but of it is true. Sometimes I'll cut, like, I'll end a story early because the rest of it's, like, boring. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll, like, end that's a good on tip. the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, you don't need to know that then I caught the bus home and <laughs> that doesn't matter. I'll just... Yeah.
0: So uh, is that... Is that so then, th- things happen. So and you write them down, and yeah. then, or is it? Is do you decide that they're they're good enough to go into a routine because you've retold that story to somebody? Or when do you, when do you decide? Like, this 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 event in my life is good enough to go on stage. Yeah, everyone
1: should hear about it. Yeah. Um. Usually, if I've told it to people and they're finding it funny, I just kind of. I'll just guinea pig everyone. I'll have like a week where I'm telling the same story over and over and over again, workshopping. What's the funniest way to like say this or withhold information in the way that I'm saying it, which is a bad habit to build up because now I kind of talk like that and when I'm telling people serious things, I'm like holding back the information to the end so it's a surprise. It's not good.
0: <laughs> ah, so your purpose... This It is annoying when you start having conversations with comedians and you start realising that what they're actually talking to you about is... They're trialling a bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, you use you use the terms as in withholding information. Yeah. Explain.
1: Like um.
0: Why would you withhold information when telling a story?
1: I think because so much of so much of laughing is like having a pattern. Like if you create a pattern and then you break the pattern, people find it funny, and I'm not sure why. Yep. But, like, it, it just seems to work. Because a lot of, like, if if you ever watched some of my sets, like, a lot of the stories I tell on paper aren't that funny if you just told them in, like, a linear way. Yep. But if you reveal something at the end, like, um, I don't know. For, for example, I, like, I have... Am I allowed to say the... Okay, I have a I have a joke where someone had like yelled a slur at me. Yeah, they came up behind me and called me something else, and then they like ended up yelling a slur at me after they had seen me. They like corrected it for me. If I just told the story as someone yelled a slur, yeah, and not withheld that, it wouldn't be funny. It would just be like a bad story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would just be like, oh, that's sad, man.
0: But is it is it funnier because you? It's okay now, or is it?
1: I think it's a. It's funny because it's okay because I'm saying it and they know I'm fine. Yep, yep, yep. And it's a comedy show and I'm smiling about it, and my reaction to him saying it is, "Oh, how lovely is this, that he's being considerate." Well, I thought you told that the
0: one you were talking about seems mm. like a linear story. You, you, you had the person said a slur, yeah, true. then they see that they've oh they've, they've made a mistake and then so they've corrected their slur for another corrected slur. So that goes. In yeah, maybe that was line. a bad way of saying that. Okay. I
1: think Maybe, like, picking where you start in the story is a better way to say that, maybe.
0: Oh, so it's not, I was walking down yeah. the street to get a pack packet of chips, chips and then someone and then yelled a slur at me. Yeah. You don't it's need the packet of chips part. No. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a bad way of explaining that. Sorry, no. but, yeah.
0: So, I mean, say with holding information. You're editing. You're editing the yeah, story editing down the to the out. parts that are essential to get to that punchline.
1: Yes. Yeah. Just the key bits. Yeah. Because otherwise people get um, lost. Yep. Like, if you don't have – if if the packet of chips bit isn't going to be funny, I don't need to tell them. Yeah. Just in my style, too, because me saying I'm getting a packet of chips is, like, okay. But that's the, – the, the
0: Dane, who you did the show with, yeah. he would include the packet of chips for no apparent reason. And that and would
1: be funny. I would <laughs> yeah. find that
0: hilarious. But that's
1: because it's Dane doing that, I think. Okay. Like, that's Dane's style of stage presence. Yep and so and like maybe that could be funny if I was like on a roll and I was like guys I was going to get chips people would be like oh hilarious but like if I was just doing like an average gig and I was like I was going to get chips they'd be like and what <laughs> 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 tell me more <laughs> like it wouldn't no one's going to be jumping up and down at that
0: is that because you, that's then comes back to you writing in your voice and style and, and you've yeah. got a bit more of a, a punchy attitude to Dane's a bit more of a, a vibey I think attitude so. and the the nonsensical nature of some of what his stories tell is is the fun. Yeah. But if you just started to add nonsensical stuff to stories that you've already written, it's a tangent.
1: It, I think it would... Uh, yeah, it would be. And I think me and Dane write really differently. Like, Dane writes kind of, like in a way that I'm, like, kind of envious of because it's so good. But, like, he writes kind of longer bits that are stories and, like, you know that he's telling you a story that's going to take a while and he's going to go off and have little side notes. And I wrote write, like, kind of 30-second bits that get stitched together, yep. which are very much, like, set up punchline, set up punchline yep. sort of a thing.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. And a lot of that 30-second bits is you having something ex- experience in life and then just deciding how do I get to the punchline part of that Fastest, the there's a 30 way. seconds. Yep. Yeah. Um, how have you learnt that? Is that from – because y- obviously through Class Clowns, y- there's a, a mm. bit of coaching. Yeah. Is that something that they, like, I want to say drilled into you, but was that some feedback that – did Did you have – I know Kirsty Rebeck's done a few Class Clowns. Did she work with you at any point? Or
1: I had Gerald and Hickey for oh, her, um, yeah. and I've had Sammy Jay. Do some, but the class after, like you have your workshops in Class Clowns, but they also do a thing called Up Next at the channel. Which oh yeah. You run. I'm not sure if it's, well, um, yeah. Anyway, um, which a lot of kids from Class Clowns end up doing, which is like an up and coming show, um, that people like Ethan Kavanagh, like used to MC and stuff, and um, they get comedians to come in and workshop with those shows, and I think they were the ones that kind of. Well, it was interesting because, like, I think I naturally write jokes like that anyway because I'm basing it all of things I say in conversation. And yep. if you're like sitting around a table with your mates, you want to kind of tell them a funny story quickly yeah. to get the next laugh. And like, and I think it was less people telling me to do that and more people just going, "You naturally do that, so go with it." Yep, yep, yep. As opposed to like changing it and trying to write like someone else.
0: Well, okay, so that's cool. Yeah. So, so the feedback in those, I, I sort of imagine that when they give you those workshops, there's a certain number of things that they say, you have to do this, you have to do that. But they're more listening to what you are naturally doing.
1: Yeah, completely. They were just kind of like, well, because it doesn't, if you force it too much, then you're essentially just like, it's like reading a joke off like, I don't know, like a Christmas cracker or something. Like it doesn't, I don't think it works very well if you're, it's not natural to what you're saying. Yeah. Especially if you're writing about your personal life and your experiences and not just like a structured. A man walked into a bar or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm going to write a knock knock joke. Yeah, exactly. And it has to have this sort of structure to a knock knock joke.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like Because certain things are only funny because the person saying them is saying it.
0: Yeah. But Put some things know. are funny because of the. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. The ones that Steve Martin is, you have to be a funny person saying things. Not a person saying funny things. Funny things, things, yeah. yeah. Um, That's interesting. I thought, yeah, I thought there would have been a lot of um, really rules they try and impart onto you. Like the
1: the biggest thing they said, which I think was... uh, Like, I still refer back to this all the time, is they're just, like, basically the um, thing about creating a pattern and breaking it. Just being, like, just a useful tool just to quickly make a joke or get a laugh and the punching up so like working out who's socially above you or who's perceived to be socially above you and sticking like if you're going to make some fun of someone sticking to that yep because like a lot of young comedians like i know i did in the beginning you just trying to make fun of everyone or like like a lot of people did but they were just like just if you're worried about a joke just punch up and you're fine
0: yeah They try and make fun of everyone because they're kids, so they feel like everybody's an adult to them. Everyone's above them.
1: Yeah, because you're 14. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, You've you've got the teachers telling you what to do, the government's telling you what to do. And and I'm I'm angry
1: and I've got a hoodie. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's mean.
0: (laughs) And then when you're 35, it's like, ah, I've still got my hoodie, but it doesn't... Yes, it still (laughs) doesn't connect...
1: And it's the same that we've had since 14 because of taxes. It's terrible. <laughs> um,
0: How do you feel now, after those years?
1: J- j- um, I've got imposter syndrome, I think. Really? Yeah, actually, up until, like, last night, because I haven't done, like, this 40 festivals, one of the first gigs I've done, like, at 20, so it's the first couple of shows I've done as not a teenager, and I was like, this is so weird. I've never been, like, a proper adult in, like, a room of other adults and been, like, treated as an adult. Yeah, you don't need your fake ID for that one. No, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> and uh, so that felt different. I was like, oh, oh, no. And now I'm doing a podcast on comedy. I'm like, this is wrong. <laughs> this isn't right.
0: <laughs> well, look, you got your name about the experiences you have had. That's all you can talk about.
2: Yeah, no, that's true.
0: That's yeah. true. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um I'm going, we're about halfway through, but I'm mm-hmm. going, we're going to segue into talking about the festival, which you were on the panel for. Um, to change topics, I'm going to ask the question that I usually wind up the whole podcast with, but I'll do it now with you.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, why comedy? You could be writing drama or doing something else. Mm-hmm. You found that, I guess from your, your teacher, you had some sort of push, but... You you enjoyed doing that. Why do you think, is there any reason you think that comedy is the angle that you you enjoy doing, you want to pursue doing, as opposed to anything else? Well,
1: because there's enough, like, A, it's really fun and I like it. So that's, you know, top top. But, like, in terms of writing other things or doing other things, it's like there's enough sad shit all the time. (laughs) Like, and especially, like, because so much of me doing it, I was, like, a teenager. I was, like, I'm so done with, like, all of this sad stuff and everyone being, like, oh, I'm depressed. I was, like, I was also, like, I'm also depressed teenager. But I was, like, but then I can go have a lot of fun. So I'm going to go have a lot of fun instead.
0: Was it a release Mm. for you then? As a a teenager, being able to go down to Melbourne or or somewhere and then... Because... When you talk about the uh, the 35s in their hoodies, <laughs> tend to use open o- open mic comedy as a as a, as a cheap form of s- psychotherapy. Yeah, and just <laughs> get off their opinions about their ex-wives. I love but it. You, you'd you'd go down there and get off your opinions about how annoying being a teenager is, which is like yeah. very common for teenagers and is hard because you are going through so many things.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of my early jokes were about, like, bananas and pyjamas, actually. But, like... <laughs> that <laughs> okay, right. was... Yeah, I think the first joke I ever wrote was about bananas and pyjamas. But, um... Yeah, no, it was... It's, like, it's cathartic and all that. But, like, I don't really... Personally, like, I don't see any issue with people using it as cheap therapy. But I'd like not to because I like it to just be lots of fun. Yep. And, like, so when I write jokes and when I do stuff, I'm like, no, this is this is just things that are fun. Yep. And if they're a little... Can bit not want to tell a, a
0: story though, or give a have an opinion about the world nah fuck
1: like that <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you guys about bunnings <laughs> like, I, I don't care so other people can do that and that's great and I respect it but I don't I, like I don't shit. <laughs> I just wanna have fun yeah. yeah maybe that will change if you ever talk to me like when I'm not 20 but
0: <laughs> yeah we'll do, we'll do this just before you turn 30 and yeah like, oh. <laughs> see how it's changed you'll have some face tattoos and you've lived <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, how's um, we, uh, we'll move into what your experiences were for the festival yeah. and I know Ash and Sean who are part of the committee are here so we'll probably I'll get their opinions within the next 25 minutes just before I do that did anyone have questions that they wanted to ask Patty? I'm putting you on the spot I know we can come back to that it doesn't matter uh, <laughs> I don't know they, they they'll probably ask you heaps of questions off stage anyway. Um what I want to know though is what did you enjoy about being involved in this year's festival not just the last 4 days but we've mm. been having monthly meetings since I <laughs> um February
1: my favourite thing was um, watching Ash's Internet Connection. <laughs> 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 um, and my favourite meeting, I think, was like a, oh, a couple of months ago when you were like lit up by a lighter and you were under your blanket. He was like... On the Zoom call, so this has nothing to do with comedy really, but it was the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) It's just like, he has that internet for for like years and all of a sudden he's come up as like a caveman. (laughs) It was awesome. He's just found fire. (laughs) It was so good. Um, (laughs) But apart from that, um, like I've never done anything to do with like really running gigs or learning how festivals work or anything. So it was like, it was... Running
0: gigs and jumping straight into a festival is a... It's a big, big... jump. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, but... um, I mean, it was just... It uh, sounds kind of boring, but it was just, like, a val- really valuable, like, teaching and, like, learning thing, I think. Because yeah. it was all new. Like, I was... I didn't know what a spreadsheet was beforehand. Couldn't read them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now, I kind of know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You, s- you see how the numbers make other numbers change.
1: Yeah, and it made me reply to emails. I have notes all over my house now that say, Paddy, reply to your emails because this is the first time I've actually had to. Yeah. Like, rep- ever reply to... Which I'm bad at. Okay. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was great for... And it was fun. You guys are all nice. Everyone on the committee is great. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, as you... If you progress in the company industry up to your choice, but you will discover that it's not all fun, but it no, is... No, no. um. Paying registration fees and all that kind of stuff is a different world. I <laughs> know. Glad you enjoyed it. Um Ash or Sean, since you're here, did you want to give any feedback about how you enjoyed this year's festival? There is an extra microphone there, there's an extra stool sure, there. I can move over. Neither is Oh I'll ask Patty. What was what did you let was there anyone you enjoyed seeing? Like in terms of, oh, we've booked this person, or ha, ha, that that whole process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just.
1: He's gonna move.
0: Across a step. Yeah. But when we're, when we're every uh, booking act seems to be something that people always like get excited by. Being the booking agent is exciting for some people. Mm. But uh, I think booking is always a very difficult part of organising a festival. Yeah. But was there anything that you, you saw in doing that that you, like, oh, cool, we got to get so-and-so or something like that?
1: Um, I was super excited about Alex Ward. Because yep. we booked her because I'd never, I ended up meeting her before we did the festival, but I'd never met her, and a lot of my friends, like, mums are massive fans of her, which... Wow! A, which I was did not about? know she
0: had the number. No, after. yeah, she's
1: got. I was talking about the other night. She's got like a weird, like over fifty plus, like fan group, which is so true. Sorry, y- sorry to jump in. She told me that last night too. Yeah. yeah. It, have you been paying
2: attention?
0: Mm. Ah, ah. Mm. Feedback. Old feedback from the audience is that have you been paying attention has really skewed her demographic.
1: Yeah, she said she was brought on to be, like, for the younger demographic, but it's just ended up with all of these, like, well, middle-aged women uh, just loving it.
0: Yeah, that's because the marketing works in a way of that aspirational thing. Yeah. Like, like people, you, you have, it, it, it flips um, uh, once you hit a certain age, apparently, but people who are older want to think that they're younger, mm. and so they see... Uh, it's have you been paying? Sh- Sean's shaking his head. You disagree with that? No, I'm just being roasted up here. <laughs> 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 Why? What? what? I'm not, I'm not having the comment on no, you. No, no,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm joking.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes, the, well, let's talk about Alex. Did you? Did you enjoy? What? 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 Did, what were you going on with that? Oh, you was just excited that you. Were I
1: just thought it was cool because, like, um. Because people, I think, appear, like, if you haven't met them and, like, when you first get into, like, doing comedy, everyone appears, like, really, like, far away and, like, unobtainable places and, like, yeah, they're like, oh, my God, these, like, insane people doing all these amazing things. And they are insane people doing amazing things, but it's always, like, um, it's still, like, oh, my God, like, oh. this person I've been watching for years is coming to Bendigo. That's, like, amazing.
0: Oh, I was that way with Carl Wilson. Mm. And then she turns up and you just have a, you know a lovely time if someone is just like it is just like anybody else yeah but you don't think of that because all you're familiar with is them on tally
1: exactly yeah
0: and that was all pretty cool Sean how about you same question when you I know you weren't in the gutters with the um, booking side of the, the the scenario but you were involved definitely um how did you find that
2: uh
3: I guess one it was yeah just from a this is from a very technical sort of festival management perspective like us doing a jot form and getting people to put in this expression of interest was a lot easier this year than us basically sending out emails yeah. to individual artists or to their agents and saying would yeah. they be interested like actually getting them to do show that they're interested then meant we could choose that was all like for anyone else there running a festival that. It's something we've learned in our fifth year. That's a lot better way to do it. And it was, you know, we, the calibre of acts that actually applied was surprising to us. We were really uh, pleasantly surprised by the high calibre of acts that actually, put, you know, um, put in their, you know, submissions
0: of interest.
2: It's definitely the fit, it's, well, fifth year. Yeah. Comedy Festival also
4: did EOIs and their lineup is nowhere
0: near the quality. Yeah, so question question from, from the audience is, uh, John Company Festival which looks good but they did not in their ROI and their quality of acts isn't at the same I would, l- I would, level quite subjectively. Yeah, but, uh, I would disagree
3: that it's not at the same level. I think the only difference is that they've got a lot more shows they're putting on so they've been, I guess, less discerning and allowed a lot more acts to perform and we just, you know, kept a very, you know, tight to... Um, a gala and three nights with you know two or you know usually two th- shows with one either local or lineup show. So we had a very small number of spots to fill. So it, our quality's really high, but it's not a lot of depth, I guess. When they mm. when they've got some really high quality acts, but they've also allowed people that haven't got say as established names to put in as well. So it's just a different model, I guess, that they've chosen. I don't think it's about their brand or our brand necessarily. I think they've just chosen to a bit more of the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Model of allowing everyone who's interested to actually put on a show, when we've curated it a lot more closely.
0: You look like you were going to say something. No.
1: No, I was just. I agree with Sean. Like. Good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I was not The y- Fans y- like talking, <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, booking acts is a, is a difficult difficult thing. Uh, what have we enjoyed? What, what's, Sean, you, uh, did you get to see, you, you saw a few of the shows. wasn't really a of the shows. Yeah. Um,
3: I think for me, probably the most fun bit was sitting in the green room and just having a beer and talking. Like I thought it was, you know, um, you know, Alex Ward last night hung around for a, quite a while and yeah. just sat in the green room. I know she's, you know, mm-hmm. you got to spend a lot of time talking to her, patty, which is cool. Like that mm-hmm. um, a young, you know, Central Victorian comedian can spend time talking to someone who's... Um, Further along in their career, and you know, get some of that wisdom and just develop a relationship and friendship. You know, Jim and his um, partner Brooke spent a lot of time talking to Alex as well. Like, you know, just you can just see that's that's cool that someone who's
2: yeah,
3: (laughs) 100%. She she wanted that vape, (laughs) but. yeah, so that was cool. Um, Dane Simpson again. You know, he spent a fair bit of time hanging around the green room, but also came and watched the lineup show. Like,
2: I was uh,
0: amazed by that. Yeah, yeah, but well, not like I was just because so often like comedians are, are bored shitless of watching other comedians, but he he was like, I'm going to sit in the audience. Well, and enjoy the show. And, and he's and the reason yeah. he said is because he said
3: that he because he came from Wagga Wagga, so he put on his own show. And then very quickly, within I think he started in twenty fifteen, by twenty eighteen, he was on the gala. So he he skipped the open mic phase. So yeah, like what a way to humble brag, to get Oh, I actually didn't actually get the experience of open mic. So I went straight to the gala. <laughs> yeah. no, it, it, no, but it was really cool that he did that. And. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm going to tag him in this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> been roasted twice already. We're just he's not cut here. That out. <laughs> the the roast is on later this afternoon.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but, but, not, but honestly, though, it
3: was really it was um, one by, by sweet and nice that he, you know, yeah, he wanted to
2: mm.
3: watch our show and uh, we appreciated that. So yeah, and then yeah, there's obviously people like Dan Connell who's come at, he's come to the festival a couple of times and kicked him in a lot, but he just you know is really good at um, I guess pumping up the festival and you know letting other acts know that you know we put on a he good show good. and mm. and that sort of stuff like so I think that some of that goodwill that we've created with other it's nice to you know I enjoy seeing that that there's people who actually appreciate what we're doing and share that appreciation with other acts and it helps us book yeah. um, mm. across the board so that's um, that's really good
0: that's the amazing thing that the feedback I got was a lot of people saying and again it is sad that cuz cuz we had we had good acts we couldn't put on who applied, and it was purely because we wanted to keep it um, well financially stable and 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 active and small and manageable. I I I wish Geelong the best of I I wish Geelong the best of luck, but it seems mm. quite big. I'd hate to be taking that on as my first festival, but um,
1: is that Geelong's first festival? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, something we haven't mentioned and. I don't want to be controversial in this. I'm just really interested in peop- in <laughs> Sean's feedback on this. Gillian Cosgriff had a great show. We saw it. I thought it was a good show. You thought it was a good show, but it's also a different type of show to the standard stand-up. Um, what do you think is in... I'm just trying to think of how to word the question of saying... <sighs> I know you said that it wasn't your style of show, but... No,
3: I think uh, it's not my style of comedy, but in terms of, like, heartfelt, um, got me really in the field. Like, I I honestly cried um, at the end of that show, so... And it reminded me a bit of Sarah Kendall. I don't know if you know Sarah Kendall. She, Mm. um, I think she won Piece of Woods, like, for Best Comedian's Comedian. Uh, She's in the UK now, but she's Australian. She had a show about... um, a friend that she lost touch with, and it turned out that there was you know a family violence situation. It was a really heavy show. Um, it was good stand up in there as well. But, and same with Gillian, it was um, good stand up in there as well. But what I guess what I took away more than the stand up and more of the funny was the emotional side of it. And that's you know it was I guess my point was it was good to have a different show that um, yeah made you feel in a different way. It wasn't yeah you know, yes there was laughs and there was heaps of laughs, but also that emotional side of stuff. Which I which I actually enjoyed, even though you know, sometimes we don't want to feel sad, Patty. You <laughs> said, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's but you had your hoodie on that night, so yeah yeah I had i been um I've been listening to some Elliot Smith beforehand. It <laughs> got me in the feels. No, it did it honestly got me in the fields. I honestly cried at the end of her show, which is um you know, not much, you know. Mm. I don't feel a lot. <laughs> 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 so it was good.
0: It's a very emotive show. And that's the thing. I think Heath Franklin was great, and but if you, if you draw a similarity, him and Dan Connell both did shows that were very. There's a there's a good structured joke. They've worked on that joke. They've they've re- re- worked on rehearsing how to s- say that joke, so there's confidence behind it and hit the hit the lines, and then they go to another one, and it's a sequence of that. Whereas Gillen was very much a here's a beginning, here's an end, here's all the things that are going on in between them. And it was it was more like a play, I guess.
3: Yeah, it's, it's cabaret style, I guess. Yeah. And and I guess I, you know, that's when I said, you know, when I think you were quoting me saying, not my style, I guess, is not the, what I do. And if no, someone doesn't do what I do, they suck. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no,
3: I think that was more my point. It's just, it's, and I guess it was good to have a
0: variety of shows that cater to a variety yeah. of people. Mm. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: Alright, so we've got about... W- we got a few minutes. Uh, there's p- some people out there. Uh, Ash, Ash, do I want to get on stage? Yeah, I'll, swap, I'll, I'll swap with I'll Ash. Stop it, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um. <laughs>
4: get me on. All, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Did you have a fun festival, Ash? Quibler? Yeah, I had a fun festival. Well, I always have a fun festival, I reckon.
0: Yeah? Uh, yeah, What yeah. have you learned this year? What
4: well, have you learned this year? Can I answer the question of what was the best part? Yes, yes, I yes. actually, <laughs> I actually think it is... A meaningful one, which I earn often do. Oh, we don't want to do that. No, we want it to be fun. It was we just talked about. It. We want fun. We don't want meaning. It was funny when you asked Patty. It's like, oh, was it you know the festival or was it the monthly meeting? <laughs> it was one hundred percent not the monthly meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a fun part. Um, nah, no, what, what, what
0: did you learn from like uh, the, the monthly meetings? Important. We got to have them. it. Oh,
4: Sean sure <laughs> was saying that it was easier for the lineup to come together. But I reckon that made at least fun, less fun. I also that this to isn't the no. part. Last that got year, to do that you yet. remember how hard putting the line-up was last year? Yeah, but I guess that sometimes that's just. Adds to the monthly meetings and all this. All the that tension makes, and the adds stress adds to the, adds to the whole thing. Oh no, yeah, it adds to the payoff. And I then understand know know like what comedy is. You need to build tension, but he no. Half
1: the meeting because his internet was yeah, off. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't sense the stress. <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah, this just like it was. Like uh, yeah, it came. This <laughs> this was like so easy, and then we're like, oh cool, we have this show. <laughs> and we just didn't have to do the fun part of like, oh my god, what not that it is fun, but. Who are we going to get? Oh, and then that like success of like like the first year we couldn't find anyone. Then Nazim just randomly wrote back to us on Messenger and said he'd do it. And that was kind of like a payoff that we didn't get this year. Mm. But the payoff that I will say is that I don't know if it's just a me thing, but since we started the comedy festival very early on, I said that I would like for us to have the banners. Oh, in the street. In the. Street. Oh my god. This year <laughs> oh we got man. them. It felt pretty easy that they came, but today. It happened yesterday, but it really happened today when I was driving past the banners and I saw them. And it had two thoughts. The first thought was actually that there's this huge thing on that I'm got nothing to do with. Like it felt like it's a bigger festival,
1: and mm. like oh. it felt
4: like because it looked cool. It looks like this official thing that like the council put on. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I know that it's us. Oh, I want to go to that. But the Can was, I get a like, spot? Oh, <laughs> It's a big event. And then the second thought is like, oh no, hang on. That is the event that I helped do and we've got the cool thing that I always wanted. So I think that like performing number one and number two is just seeing those banners for the last week, I reckon, is the, yeah. the second thing is just seeing those banners there. And then the other thing I was going to say is having Patty and Dane on the committee as like two new people and I guess like it's probably like a just a fun part of like even last night I took Dane to the bar. I was like, this is how you do it. But that, I don't know, there's something in that for me Is just shown like some, I guess, young people how to like, bringing them in is, was pretty like, that includes... Newly really married like, Ash she's yeah. thinking about teaching other yeah I know he's a great dad I was just gonna get on and just be funny there was like while you were talking for there was this a voice in the background that said oh I reckon this will come out of nappy sand for sure and it <laughs> made me laugh so, and I was like I'll talk about that but I just got heartfelt and yeah no. just young helping bringing people in and the banners just the heartfelt shit I reckon mm. made it good this year
0: I do remember driving in the, Bendigo the first time seeing those banners and just being like, oh, we've made it? Yeah. Like, it was, it's such a weird, stupid little thing.
4: But you got it. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't reckon it would feel as good for you, Patty, but it felt no. good for us because it was like our first goal and it actually felt like the one that was maybe unattainable. We're always going to do a festival. We're always going to have acts on it, but that can be in varying degrees of quality. But we can't always have these huge banners at the biggest festivals in town yet, and this year we did.
0: Yeah. So, sorry to talk over you, because you you've got the microphone there, but I was just thinking then when you were saying that, that I just remembered back to the first year we did it, and it was half organised. We were just like um, two months away from the event, and someone wrote in the group chat, we're actually doing this. Mm. And from there we've gone to... You know, five days, banners in the street. You know, it's the the the, the venue saying, "Great job!" The, what's your next year's dates? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's and the the, the audience leaving, being really supportive and happy that we're doing it. It's 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 cool.
1: Mm. Yeah. I don't go. go. Can I ask you guys a question, please? I'm taking over, Luke. This is now my podcast. Um, yeah, you've got five
0: minutes. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: because um, when you guys, okay, when you guys started, because I know some of you, like you grew up in Bendigo, yeah, Ash, mm-hmm. is that right? And yeah. you didn't.
0: I didn't grow you up. You didn't. In okay,
1: but like when you started the festival, I became
0: a man in Bendigo, but I didn't grow up here.
1: <laughs> and that was two weeks ago. <laughs> but um. When you were starting the festival, <laughs> was that just because you were like, oh, I want to do a show at a festival, so I'm going to make a festival and that would be fun? Or did you like, see like, a need for it or like a big gap in Bendigo in terms of like, the culture and the people and things? And like, what, that, what would be good for Bendigo's community? Like, why did you start? I think we've got
0: off? different opinions
1: as to yeah. why we right, started,
4: okay. but Sean y- well, and I already done one or two festivals. We've done Mal- Melbourne twice or once? Tw- twice. Just like performing. Uh, well, yeah. So that well, definitely wasn't just to be a part of a festival because we already being part of the bigger one, I yeah. think. But it was actually got nothing. I don't think it's got anything to do with me because it wasn't my idea. But then it's just like comedy in town, got to be a part of it. It's the only way you can get a spot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's all for me. I just wanted to be on because it was happening, but it wasn't my idea. Probably said it every year. I don't think Bendigo is a big comedy town. Okay. I think Bendigo is huge. And we slave to get an audience. I like it's, I, I disagree that it's a comedy team. I think, yeah, I'd we're agree. just putting it's shows on because we like it. Yeah. I don't think they want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's with a reputation. A it's <laughs> weird because, like Jimmy Carr had to add an
0: extra show at Yalumba, and that's a thousand seats. And I, th- I, I, can't remember this for certain, but I think, um, uh, Carl Barron did four shows in Bendigo, so that's four thousand seats. So there's a sh- lot of people, I was going to swear, there's a lot of people in Bendigo who go to comedy gigs. We ticked over 500, so I think we got about 550 tickets sold. Right. And some of those people, not all of them, but I, n- I know a couple of people came to more than one show. So there's there was an appetite. And everyone who came to those shows loved the shows, but it was a weird thing that... We 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 worked hard and we did a good job to get 500 people, whereas there's people selling a thousand seats. But um, to answer your question, and, and you, you might pick up on what I just said later, but um, why would we start it? I remember, yeah, turning to Sean and we were like, we we can actually do this. We we I had a background in in making events happen. Um, It wasn't a recent background, but I'd done a few. We'd we'd been organising gigs, and we basically said, all it is is a series of gigs put together. It's not that different. And then from our experience, and I'd been, I think at this stage, I'd already been to Adelaide Fringe, and I was like, I can see all these, I can see how that's put together behind stage. Mm. We've got a venue. All we have to do is put a, a few gigs on at the same time, and that's how you kick it off and then i would talk to um uh marketing companies uh we have this year is um tough cooking marketing i used to work with yvonne who used to do the marketing for a, a um a tourist center and so she was quite familiar with that sort of thing so i was like oh, how do we do this yeah. and so the whole reason for putting it together was really R- 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 uh, sick of travelling to do gigs, like to create more of a buzz, to get more people involved, to create a a, 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 a focal point for the year. Mm. So the, the one of the things within any sort of marketing is you have your A, you have your B, you have your C events. Comedy festivals, A. There's a few paid gigs, which is B. And then you have open mic, which is C. Yeah. And that's... Sometimes a strong (laughs) cue, a strong (laughs) cue,
4: like in the scheme of letters, (laughs) it's like way down. (laughs) We've gotten to oh oh, yeah, 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 a a really good open mic, but yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Part of the thing was also that you can get if you're a festival, you become much more legitimate than running a gig, and you can then get grants and Mm. and stuff. Yeah, so once once we once we yeah oh we had the meeting behind around the, What's those uh, big spills? Where they, uh, uh, wooden spiel that they have copper wire on. It's oh, at, at the back of a pub, and uh, yeah, we, that's where we talked about getting grants yeah, and things. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, this is probably one of those things I should have withheld the information about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's quite a callback. Oh, no. Um, are there any questions? Are there any questions from the audience? Anything else? You were going to say, yeah. ask something.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say. Oh, say, yeah. It's more—it's more of a statement, but it's no. It's been <laughs> kind of like Q and A
0: style. Q and A style. I take statements. this as a, as a statement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, no, just like I've—I mean, I've been speaking to a couple of mates about it too recently, and like it's um, kind of chucks to you guys because like a couple of people I went to school with have come back to Bendigo just to see like the festival shows and stuff because they knew it was on, and like um. Just from, like, growing up in small town... I mean, you always dislike the place you went to high school in and the place you grew up and stuff like that. But, like, I used to hate Bendigo so much just because I went to high school here and, like, didn't have a great time and was just like, oh, I'm just going to now hate the whole place because it's ridiculous. But, like, after doing some gigs in Bendigo, which, like, you guys gave me, like... Um, some open mics and stuff and then doing the festival, I was like, this is sick and it's given me so much more. And a lot of other people, like younger people I know who came and watched it and like even young comedians from Melbourne who know it's on in like regional comedy and stuff like that. And the small towns that they didn't have a great time in because they were... well, know, yeah, sub- was, Which is like, Chuck's to you guys. It's a good thing. That you was know, part of the thing. The we, wanted so great. Want,
0: we wanted to make it like more fun.
2: Like
4: uh, we say that to Steve-O from Jackass. <laughs> because he did every regional town in Australia except for Bendigo. I don't know why that is. Like that's he did like did go to Ballarat? Yeah, yeah, that's Ballarat. so no- he went to search small towns, but he didn't come to Bendigo. And Steve-O. Yeah, Steve-O from Jackass yeah. didn't come to Bendigo. Yeah, I That's read so uh, mean. Oh, my you know, God. He, added, he had a poster of like, you know. Was he waiting for
0: the spot call-up from Bendigo Comedy Festival? Is yeah. that, he is had that a poster of
4: 15 regional shows and then added another poster. It's like, well, I've added more shows from the Australian tour. And Bendigo just couldn't Is he on. doing Bendigo? It's a comedy town. Not comedy enough for steve from Jackass. Um, but it is nice to hear what you said, though. I'm letting him
1: off my Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Your Tinder? Twitter. Twitter, yeah, Twitter. <laughs> you you, you mean Twitter, like? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can go back on this.
4: Uh, speaking of um, going back on the recording, that this is the end of the recording. Well, speaking <laughs> of the recording, is this supposed to stop? It stopped at like 10 minutes in. It hasn't been a recording for ages. That's another joke uh, you're trying to tell me. So funny. <laughs> yeah, not as funny
0: as the other night when you set up with a whole lot of um, trauma and then we're going to do a release but never actually got to the release part <laughs> <laughs> um, I shouldn't, uh, that's another piece of information I should have failed uh, thank you very much for coming we're going to wrap up, I'm going to go get a second point, have you finished your beer? you haven't,
1: so I'm trying Luke, I am try- I had a wine, just so the recording knows, I had a wine <laughs> and I'm on the second drink so I haven't I've done okay Luke, you've demasculated me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is your first festival. You'll get better at this. Ah. Uh, thank you very much for hanging out. We'll see you next year?
4: Yeah. yeah. Hope so. Yeah.
2: Cool.
0: Sick.
4: Bye. <laughs> thanks, Luke. Thank you, Luke.
2: <laughs>
0: That was another good episode. Thank you for listening to Dissecting a Frog, presented by Comedy Victoria. To support this podcast and hear about upcoming gigs and opportunities, become a member, visit the website, comedyvictoria.com.au and follow on social media, at Comedy Vic. You can track down myself, Luke Morris, at Luke Morris Ha, but please don't take all this comedy talk too seriously because as EB and Catherine Wright wrote, Humour can be dissected as a frog can, but the thing dies in the process.